With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Listening on the internet. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. 
Yes, yes, yes. So what's going on, y'all? Y'all, y'all acting like we've been on the hot eighties. Last week we had a good show, man. Great show, great show with our man, Carl Thomas. Jen, we thought you was a Carl Thomas fan. Where were I you? Was, I was, uh, I was. I, I had. I was. Jen called in at eleven o'clock. Yeah, and I was. I was a little bit late, so I apologize. A little bit late. <laughs> That's like. Three hours. Off, Jim. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I apologize. You missed him talking about his barbecue and everything. You missed Kev issuing out a challenge to Carl Thomas. I surely what? did. I surely did. Talking about he over there, talking about he can cook. I want to hear that home, boy. He probably can't. Now. He probably can't. He's probably a man of many talents. Well, I am too. And I, I, I'm just saying though, I, I, you know, you know, he he was talking hard, cold cash, just talking yeah, hard. What he said now? I'm not going for the past call, man. He got roots from Mississippi, man. So he could see that's the difference. The past, hey, hey, he he got roots from Mississippi. Uh, I hey, am I'm the silk for the past. Look, man, I'm just saying. So I'm not going roots on TNT the other night. <laughs> I got roots too. <laughs> I'm saying, man, I'm just saying, man, I, he got roots. I am the silk. So it don't matter to me. Y'all make sure y'all We're go back and check out that made. show. All the all the, 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 the smack we was talking at the end of the show, especially I know y'all want to hear that. So make sure y'all go back and check that out. Definitely. We're going to uh, see if we can get that featured on Blog Talk Radio so we can get more people to entertain that show. We'll make sure that happens. What's been going on in the political world, y'all? You know, we, we've been... We had our president had his big speech this weekend. What do y'all think about it? Everybody trying to say that it was the same old thing. I, I like the energy, but I'm not trying to be funny, y'all. But is it just me, or do the, do the president sound like the rock when he's talking? I think that he tries to, to come from a place where, you know, people are, his, his approval rating is down. People uh, the, in the country are, are, you know, saddened and discouraged. And I think he's just trying to pump people up and let them know that everything will be okay. And, you know, people are, are losing faith in him, and, and it just it saddens me. Um, today, as we all know, today is the 10th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks that happened um, in Washington, D.C. And um, in Pennsylvania and in New York, and there was a, a unity uh, that happened in our country when that happened. You know, they were talking about that on the news today about how our country unified. You know, everybody was flying flags, and even the people that didn't like Bush, you know, people across the board were unified, and, and we just wanted a better America. And where is that? Where where is that unity? Is you know is it at the cost of just not liking Barack Obama that that unity and patriotism you know just goes down the drain? I I think it's sad. It's sad, and I think it's just disrespectful to the memory of not just the people that died in nine eleven, but the people that have passed away for the numerous causes for the betterment of our country. Mm-hmm. Well. I made a promise today, and we start talking about nine eleven. I ain't gonna say nothing, so I'm not. Yeah, gonna me too. Cause uh, I may say something that uh, I don't know. Have people look. We don't have time questions. for no government FBI to be calling me, asking me you no know, questions about y'all. <laughs> I don't really want to deal nothing. with that. Why are we saying that, man? <laughs> 
we ain't gonna say nothing. But one thing I can agree with is that the hate must stop. I, I don't care right. what they look at, like with President Obama. I'm not a, I'm not a maniac, and you know how people consider themselves fans or whatever the case may be of these particular politicians. Now, I look at it like this: How can you be a fan of a politician? They either gonna do their job or not do their job. The biggest part of it is you got these Republicans and Democrats. They're not doing their job, period. I don't care. Across the board, they ain't doing their job because people don't have jobs. That's the main yep. thing. And they want to yep. sit up there and talk all that crap. Just like the gentleman that I found out that was sitting next to Michelle doing a speech. He was over GE, uh, the aero, aeronautical department that they had. He was over there. You know, they're sending all their jobs to China. So how dare you be there talking about you supporting the president and you still sending jobs overseas? And if you look at behind the president when he was speaking, if you look at the discord and the dis- disgust in some of the people's faces, I think it's quite frankly disrespectful. I wasn't a big Bush fan, but I did at the time when Bush was in office say, we don't go against our leader. We don't, you know, be a bash our, our leader to other people. We have to stand behind them. And it's people that are refuse to call uh, President Obama, President. They I know, I'm so tired of that president. right there. It's, it's, it's disrespectful. disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Let me say this about the whole thing about unemployment and everything. Everybody's saying unemployment is at an all-time high and this and that. And you know what, that's fine. You know, the numbers don't lie. But let me just, let, let, let me make something real clear. So it seems like now that's the thing to get on President Obama about is the whole employment thing. Some of y'all lazy behinds didn't want or have jobs before he got there. Some of y'all just don't want to work. So don't right. sit there and try to say now, oh, President Obama's in office. I ain't going to get... No, y- y'all was lazy before then. Way, way before then. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of people, I've had someone approach me. You know, a lot of people, if you know me, you know that um, I was really involved with the the Barack Obama campaign. And, you know, and people have come up to me and was like, where are the jobs at? I thought you said it was going to be some jobs. And it was like, it's jobs out there. You have to continue to look. They may not be the jobs that you want. We might, you know, we're waiting on the the country to produce more. But you have to, to know that. There are jobs out there being created. You just have to work for them. Yeah. But, you know, the, the thing what they doing, though, I don't care what nobody say. They're going to hold these jobs until this man get up out of office, and that's when they're going to try to show, like, you know, we done came in like Mighty Mouse and saved the day. Mm-hmm. That's of all they're going to do. And that's, that's obvious. Or, and I'm, I'm about to get on my conspiracy thing, and then we can go ahead and get into what the subject of the day is, but... Uh, this is my conspiracy thing right here. Uh, they want everybody to be poor. They want everybody to have. They want the have-nots to really have nothing. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And when it gets to that point right there, you can easily control the population because if food is getting scarce and people can't, I mean, they want Mad Max Beyond Thunder, the Mad Max movie. They want that in real life. All these apocalyptic, if that's the word, I'm saying it right. Uh, they they want those scenarios to happen. And that, that seems like that's what they shooting for. They want us to be out there with, with rubber uh, arm plates and, and spikes in our hair. They want that crap. And riding mm-hmm. on spikes. <laughs> well, we'll see. But uh, on to today, man, what we got going on here, Mr. Allen? Well, I always got to introduce the show. But anyway, title of today's subject, of course, 
Are you really what you eat? And if you look at today, you know, we're going to discuss nutrition and minority communities. You know, fast food companies have taught 15% of our preschoolers to do what? To ask for McDonald's every day and convince some of our teens to consume as many as 1,100 calories in a single meal. Now, minority children are disproportionately targeted by ads with McDonald's and KFC, taking the leading target of African-American youth with TV advertising, dedicated, you know, the website, and also banner ads. Such ads feature foods that contain twice as many calories as ads aimed at white children. And African-American children see at least 50% more fast food ads than their white peers. Over the last decade, America has tried to put some type of spotlight on the health food choices. Um, but the thing is, are, my or, are minorities being left out of this fight? How can we make sure that our children are making healthier food choices? And if we continue down this path of a unhealthy living uh, cycle, what does this mean for our future? Oh, hey, I mean, ooh. We got a lot to cover today, buddy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm down. I'm I'm ready for this. I am so excited and ready for this today. Matter of fact, we're gonna go ahead and go into this little clip that we got for you guys today, man. And uh, y'all pay attention to this, and uh, hopefully we can resolve some of these issues that we have in our community, or either have the mind state to understand what's going on in our community. Y'all check this out. You are listening to the Middleman Talk Show on the Blog Talk Radio. So right after you eat these meals, you have energy, but the energy lasts a very short period of time, and you're hungry much sooner, and then you have to eat again, and then you have to eat again, and then you have to eat again. It is a lot cheaper to go eat fast food. I mean, it, it, definitely, you can buy a hamburger for cheaper than you can buy an apple. That's very sad, because you're telling me I have to pay more in order to eat healthy, and I can pay less in order to get fat, and to make you rich, or for something that I might die off of. It's unbelievable. The poorest people in our country are the fast people. There's, we've done something completely wrong here. Consider the facts. Two out of every three Americans are overweight. And that number is expected to rise to three out of four by 2020. The United States is the world's fattest developed nation. With an obesity rate double of that in many European countries. One in three Americans is expected to have diabetes by 2050. Minorities have been even more profoundly affected. Blacks have a 50% higher prevalence of obesity, and Hispanics, 25% higher when compared with whites. So how did it get this way? Obesity rates have been going up very rapidly in the United States, but really only since about 1980. Before that, they were constant for decades. A change in the way our federal agriculture policy worked which went from paying farmers not to grow food to paying farmers to grow as much food as they possibly could. And the result of that was an enormous increase in the amount of food available in the country for consumption. American food policy doesn't happen in isolation. There are many moving parts that make up a complex puzzle. Large government agencies, multinational corporations, and of course lobbyists who try to shape the country's food policy as it comes out of Washington. For government to try to force changes 
uh, to dictate to consumers in a free society uh, what they do is uh, not, there's not a good record of that being successful. All of this goes back to Congress. And if you want to do something about public health in America, what you really need to do is to change election campaign laws so that these big corporations aren't paying for congressional elections. That's the source of corruption in American government. All right, that was a clip right there dealing with obesity and also the epidemic, what we're dealing with in America with obesity and also our nutrition. Um, right. What's going on, y'all? I see we, uh, Nick, go ahead and take it, sir. Yes, sir. We actually have someone that can come in and speak on this a little bit better from the professional side than we can. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we have him on the line, Dr. Reed. Yeah, I'm here, brother. How you doing? How you doing, hey. man? Everyone, Dr. Jamie Reed, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of your background tell us what you're talking about today. All right. Uh, my name is Dr. Jamie Reed. I was, uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I actually went to college with Nick at Alabama State University. Um, I'm a former uh, United States Army medic, I'm currently a doctor of chiropractic, and I'm halfway through my doctor of nursing practice uh, doctorate, so I'll have two doctorates uh, this time next year. Um, my practice that I run, New, New Grand Prairie Chiropractic out of uh, Grand Prairie, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, we do mostly rehabilitation and diet and nutrition, basically teach people how to read labels, what foods to avoid, uh, and how to have a better, healthier life overall, uh, and that's mostly catered towards uh, blacks and Hispanics, so that's, that's a little bit about myself. Okay. Right. Sounds good to me. All right, well, today we're talking about, we're talking about this problem, you know, it's are you what you eat? Like, that's, that's a real big issue that we're having right now. Obesity is, an, uh, is, is a problem, and it's really a problem within, our, it's a problem with all communities, but our community is, is really, really catching a big brunt of it, so if you could talk a little bit about that, you know, type of things that we're dealing with and what we could do to make things better. Well, there's a, there's a long myriad of things that we can make things better, but the first thing we have to do is identify what the problem is. And a lot of times people kind of talk over our heads and we don't really understand. So a lot of the responsibility, as bad as the government may be, is on us. Now, as blacks and Latins, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff is generational. A lot of the things that we eat is because of how we grew up. We grew up poor, so we ate white bread with every meal. We uh, served Kool-Aid uh, for Latins. They ate a lot of uh, tortillas and a lot of, you know, flatbread type of food. Well, today, poor is not what poor used to be. You know, I mean, you, people consider themselves poor, and they get $1,000 a month in food stamps. So you have to make better informed decisions. If you look at a family portrait from 1970 or 1980 versus today, it ain't that many big people in those pictures as, as opposed to today. So the first thing uh, that I have, and I actually wrote down some things that we have to do, is my evil triad. I know we have a, a bunch of time to talk about this. Mm -hmm. But you have to identify what's in your food and what it does to you. If you know what's in your food and what it does to you, that it makes a hell of a difference in the choices that you make. A lot of it is personal responsibility. You know, you have a lot of moms who get their kids involved in everything to the point that they don't have time to cook food. That's an excuse. You have to make, you, you have to, it's essentially like saying, God, let's, let's bless this poison that we eat and, and try to call it food. Or like Nick, when we spoke earlier, it's like you don't pay your bills with counterfeit money, so why are you going to pay your body with counterfeit food? We're not eating real food, but yet we want real results. 
And then when it comes down to the cancers and the diabetes, now we want to go into bankruptcy to try to save our lives when, okay, maybe a dollar here, a dollar there, more. Either you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. So the, the first thing that I would say is, is, the, is my three heavy hitters, MSG, trans fatty acids, and high fructose corn syrup. They're in all, in all of our foods. So you say, Doc, what do I do to avoid these foods? One of the things I do to avoid those foods are cook at home more. Now, in today's society, we're going to eat out, and that's fine. You can eat out, but you shouldn't be eating out breakfast, lunch, and dinner four to, four to ten times a week. You're going to have to prepare your meals at home. So moms, you're going to have to be moms, and you have to stay at home a little bit and cook. Dads, you're going to have to be dad, and you might have to make a little more money, or you might have to help your wife cook or your girlfriend or whatever. But we can't be a victim to circumstance. We can't be a victim and say, I don't have time, because the government and all these lobbyists are pimping us. They know we don't have time. That's why you can get stuff for 99 cents. That's why you can get an economy size of cheese balls for 79 cents. And then we wonder why we're getting all these disease processes. It starts with us. So, real quick, MSG. MSG is actually more addictive than crack cocaine and methamphetamines combined. Mm. And and the problem with MSG is that there are 27 different ways to name it. So, if they say, so legally, they can say that foods are MSG-free and technically not be lying. They can use it. They can say isolate or anything. If you see anything that's uh, hydrogenized, I mean, I'm sorry, hydrolyzed, or uh, anything that says extract that's not of a leaf, that's that's more than likely going to be an MSG. And what uh, MSG was brought to the United States um, uh, as a flavor enhancer. That's what they call it. Basically, you, you cook a food and it enhances the flavor, but it makes it more addictive. So now I know we've all eaten the food. Like, it's not that good, but I just can't stop eating it. And you start to crave it. And it goes to the same craving centers of your brain that a lot of these heavy-hitting drugs. Because essentially, it is a drug, and it is highly addictive. And when you stop eating these foods, you go through the same withdrawal symptoms that you would with a drug. So you have to go for rehab for Happy Meals, I guess. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> it, it's true. I mean, you Dr. remember that Dr. girl? Reed. Yes, sir. Dr. Reed, um... I heard you say the MSGs are more addictive than crack. Why do they continue to put it in food? Well, it's it's money, uh, and and you know money comes down to everything. Now here's the thing, you know they they test everything on lab rats. Poor lab rats. I feel so bad for them. So mm-hmm. what they'll say is to protect themselves is that in low amounts, and or they'll say in uh, what is it like to say if you take things in conservative amounts or in a in a reasonable amount. These things won't hurt you, but right. let's let's look at waste size today. Do we eat or drink anything in a reasonable amount? No, you we know, do a not. Re- not at all. A reasonable a reasonable amount is eight ounces. You know, but how many people actually drink eight ounces of anything and actually quench their thirst? No, everything so, sold at a store is twenty ounces and above. Uh, yep. uh, Jack in the box out here is uh, a four dollar sixty four ounces. Wow! Free, yeah, free refill. Oh yeah, so 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 now you so now you're saying you know, now now that that's eight times eight. So now you start getting into some more problems. It's more problematic. I, I know people that can knock out two two liters in a day. You know this. So and so when yeah. you get to the lobbyists and things of that nature, there's money. Here's a, a quick story. Back in uh, before Reagan, one of our favorite presidents was in office. The FDA banned NutraSweet, or what you would call uh, aspartame, for years because it was used as a neurotoxin. 
Now, back in the day, you know, scientists were dumb. What they would always do is they'll blow up some stuff and then they'll, te- they'll taste it. You know, they always tasted stuff. So they blew up something and they tasted it and it had a little sweet taste to it. So they, so they would test it on the poor little lab rats again. And in low amounts, it had a sweet taste and it didn't kill them. So for years, they was pushing the FDA to put NutraSweet out there, put NutraSweet out there. And they said, no, the FDA chairman, no, 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 no. Reagan gets in office. He's buddies with the people that produce this stuff. They give him a couple million dollars. And this guy, uh, first week in office, gets fired. And now NutraSweet is safe to be on the market in the early 80s. That's how things get put on the market, like corn, high fructose corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup is 300 times sweeter than sugar. And it's, and it's cheaper. You can take one bushel of corn. It's, it's, it's essentially like a drug. You can flip it. You They're flipping corn, y'all. They can take corn and flip it. You can take one bushel of corn and make $10,000 off of corn. Whoa. Make, oh, wow. yeah. We, we're in the wrong business. Yes, we are. We need to be in the corn business. It is so much money in corn. When you, look at your food. I encourage everybody, with everything that you purchase, You'll notice, damn, it's corn in everything because corn is cheap. Corn is cheap, yep. and then they, and they're genetically modifying it. There's no reason why you should have nine-year-old girls developing breasts and eleven-year-old girls starting their cycle. It's it's ridiculous, and it's all the hormones, all the growth hormones they're putting in stuff. You need you need stuff to grow at its own rate. So now, so now the corn. Uh, the corn, the corn industry is pumping out all this corn. You got corn in your food. You got corns in your clothes. Corn is in everything. So you have a choice. Do we pay two dollars or ten dollars a bushel for sugar cane, or do we pay eleven cents? Oh, I'm sorry, it's down seven cents per bu- uh, per bushel. And then you can actually turn around and flip that and make tens of thousands of dollars, depending on what you make out of it. That's why corn is in everything. You, you have to. The, the biggest question guys is you have to ask the question why why and what why is this in my food and what does it do to me if you knew what things was like all my sugar uh, drinkers uh aspartame aspartame at room temperature chemically turns into formaldehyde Mm. oh yeah what and then oh yes look it up it's there i wish i had links i could just put up right now but it's there i mean everything i'm saying has been researched but one of the things that they like to do is they like to go after people who question. They like to go after people who question. So they'll start, they'll start talking about that test I cheated on in sixth grade to try to, uh, you know, uh, tear down my credibility. Because, they're, you know, they're, they have more money than I have. You know, so, but it's, it's there. Chemically, if you break it down, high fructose corn syrup, they, they're, uh, all you honey buyers, if you like to buy honey uh, from Walmart, you're wasting your time. Because honey, uh, high fructose corn syrup, which is, essentially cheap they can make a bottle for two cents it has the same chemical makeup as honey so they can they can put like a drop of honey in there put a little coloring in it and call it honey wow so, so doctor let me ask you this I, I read a study from the university of washington that basically says that um it costs about three dollars and 52 cents per person per day to to have like just regular these unhealthy foods that contain a lot of um, high fructose corn syrup and, and what have you, but it takes to eat healthier. It's like thirty six point thirty two dollars a day to eat a low calorie healthier foods. Like for someone who doesn't have that economic ability, what are some choices that they can make that are still affordable? Great question. Glad you asked. 
the thing is, is that I call it the Hiroshima effect, patent pending. You're going to have to blow up your diet and start all over. Take a grenade to your kitchen and start all over. There are cheaper, there are cheaper things that you can buy, uh, cheaper choices that you can buy that don't cost you that much. The thing is, you're going to have to cook. Bottom line. You can, take, you can get a bag of real brown rice from Walmart for 68 cents. Organic real brown rice for 68 cents. And there's a lot of things you can do with brown rice. You can get, uh, oh, here's another thing that I tell my students. Uh, here's another thing I tell my students that I teach. God gave us all 32 teeth. All right, so let's do a quick math lesson. All right, 12 of our teeth are in sizes. They're, they're, they're designed for meat and, uh, and nuts. The, tw- the, the other 20 are designed for fresh fruits and vegetables. So why do we eat so much meat? We eat against the way that we're designed. We're supposed to eat way more fresh fruits and vegetables than we eat meat. Processed food. Human body is not designed to break that down. Cow's milk, another thing that's a very uh, expensive thing that we buy in the store. We're not physiologically designed to break down cow's milk. We're, we shouldn't be drinking cow's milk. Mm. You know, so that, oh, yeah. You know, you look at certain things. Uh, lactose intolerance. Yeah, and, because we're I, not. I, I, I had someone say that to me, like, what is the difference between monkey milk and cow's milk? Like, why are we drinking something for baby cows? Uh, essentially, I mean, I mean, not to get too nerdy, but your your kidneys and your and your gut. All right, a cow's protein is, under a microscope is like the size of a wa- a watermelon. You're trying to squeeze a watermelon through a water hose. That's why we have to. Our, we supposed to drink what's called whey protein. You know, like a, a mother's breast milk is made out of whey protein. All right, cow's milk is casein, uh, uh, casein protein. It's huge. That's why we have so many problems with it, like allergies. I tell my asthmatic patients, stay off, uh, stay off of cow's milk for one for one month. I had one young man who ran track. He went from an asthma attack every other day to not one in a single month wow. from, uh, from it. But it's, mo- it's money in the marketing. So, like, with vitamin C, I say vitamin C, what's the first thing that gets everybody's mind? Vitamin C. I'm from a oranges. Like oranges. 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 There is yeah. three times as much vitamin C in spinach and broccoli. But which one do you think is going to sell more? Oranges the orange. Oranges. You get more vitamin C in blueberries and strawberries, but oranges are more attractive. You get more, I mean, it's, and they're more, it's better, and you get more out of a cucumber than you would any citrus fruit. But wow. you have to start, yeah. It's, it's, it's true. There's so many things you can do, like uh, like oils that we cook in. We should never, ever, ever use vegetable oil. If you use no. vegetable oil, that's a, that's be some stuff you mail to an enemy because you don't like them. That's how bad vegetable oil is for or canola oil. <laughs> I'm serious. We we should be cooking in uh, an olive oil or a coconut oil mix because they're very light oils. Now don't deep fry in in coconut oil because you will burn your house down. That's how light it is. Wow. Seriously, trust me, I tried. I tried it, but you. I mean, and and we need fat. Here's the problem, guys. We we think that fat is the enemy. We think that that is a weapon of mass destruction. You need good, healthy fat. It, but the thing is, you need healthy fat. Your central like nervous the nut system and and stuff like absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. Your central nervous system was the very first thing that was designed. Your brain and your spinal cord. That mm-hmm. is seventy five percent fat. Your brain. Your brain is mostly fat. So if you call somebody a fathead, technically you ain't lying. You know, well, you I have a question. Uh, I have another question. 
Um, on Facebook today, when I posted the show and I told what we were going to be talking about, I had one of my uh, Caucasian friends ask me, you know, Jennifer, why is it that you think that minority children um, suffer more from unhealthier choices than maybe Caucasian children, um, blacks and Hispanics? Um, that I think that blacks and Hispanics are making more unhealthier choices. Do you find in your studies or, or in your practice that that's true or, or untrue, or is it more a race issue or a class issue about unhealthy living? It's a combination of everything you just said. The first thing is it's money. You're not going to have healthier choices in the, in the black and Latin community by design. They're, you're going to have higher calorie foods in the, in, the, in the community. Now, also, they, they choose not to put better-named grocery chains in lower-income areas. And if they do, you, you're not going to find uh, fresh alfalfa sprouts or anything like that, things that are really good for you. You know, you're going to find crap. I mean, we've all been to grocery stores in the hood versus grocery stores. You get into Caucasian areas, and you be like, wow, am I in heaven? Oh, yeah. It is by, <laughs> yeah. It, it, is, it is by design. You have more, uh, you have more gas stations and places, and then there's a markup. So a lot of these, uh, so it's essentially designed to keep people poor, you know, to make poor decisions because of their money. When people do go out, and you have some people who, who think that they're being frugal and their hearts in the right place, but they'll they'll say, okay, well we get five hundred dollars in food stamps or three hundred dollars in food stamps, so I'm gonna make this stretch. I'm gonna get all these Doritos and all these Cheetos because they they on sale. They they emperor size. I mean, they're huge. I mean, like, I, I got a whole full, full room full of cheeses, you know, and they, they make these good They think that they're making good decisions, and it is it is by design. On my street, because <laughs> I live in a, in a high uh, Hispanic area, and there's this cross street called Cooper Street. Now, when you go to the east side of Cooper Street, that's where the more upper-scale uh, white people live. And all the grocery stores on the east side of Cooper Street, the, the contents are not even close. To the west side of it and it's just a street it's just a side of the street you're not going to get good healthy things so it is by design the biggest question i mean and it's not to be a conspiracy theorist i just want you to ask yourself why is it that the food and drug administration are under the same in my, uh, umbrella so as far as you know uh minorities you get them these uh you give them these high calorie foods these these uh, high calorie low nutritional foods they get all of these disease processes, and most of them are on Medicaid, Medicare, or some kind of uh, government assistance. So now you got money for the drug lobbyists because now you're going to put them on all these drugs. You look at the drugs that, that, that people are on, you look at the, uh, the drugs they're on, even not even the diabetes. Let's take something like uh, how many of y'all got kids? I do. Got kids? Yeah, okay. I'm okay, I do. Okay, now I remember they tried to say that my son had ADD. Now, ADD is 86% uh, misdiagnosed across the country. So that means one right. out of every six kids uh, is actually got ADD. So that, so all right. the risk is already wrong. Now, to be a little nerdy, God knew what he was doing when he designed our brain, okay? Mm-hmm. When he designed us, he got, two, he got two enzymes in our brain that slow our brain down and one that speeds it up. So our brain should move slower than it do, does faster. The one thing that speeds our brain up is called glutamate. Glutamate is MSG, monosodium glutamate. Mm-hmm. MSG is in everything. So these kids who are on all, basically on speed and stuff like and methamphetamines, if you were to take your kids, if you were to actually t- give them nothing but fresh food for one month, you'll, you'll see a different child. Well, we well, literally... Dr. Dr. Rita, I mean, I have a... Just like with my kids, 
I noticed that the menu choices that they have is is it's horrible. I know it's horrible. I even noticed like my son has gained weight this year more so than anything, and I know he's going through his changes because he's getting older. But at the right. same time, I'm noticing the diets that they have in the schools. You know, it's not right. But what are some of the things that I can do? You know, because I know a lot of the lunch buckets that we have, the lunch uh, carrying case that he has, is not built to hold fresh vegetables or fruit all day. What right. are some of the things I can do to help him throughout the day to get his, his metabolism right and, and keep everything going where even if he eat that crap at school, you know, he's okay. I can get him back on point. Well, the, one of the first things you do is, is make sure your, your, your children are active. Uh, mm-hmm. My son, uh, my son kind of took after my metabolism, and Nick, you know how small my wife is. Well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. he took after my side of the family. So this this summer, you yeah, know, Nick I, I is a big boy. Of, yeah, yeah, he on steroids. But uh, so I put him <laughs> on. Uh, I, I had I bought him the the fit kids by Sean T. And my son doing workouts, he ain't breaking a sweat. So I said, you know what, we gonna turn this up a little bit. So I had my son doing insanity. And my son dropped 20 pounds this summer. So you got to get the kids active. I ain't saying do something. I mean, make them run soccer or something. So you have you have to burn more than you take in. That's the first thing. You know, right. if, you, if, you, if, if you're either leveling out, you're not going to lose any weight. And if you're taking in more calories than you're actually burning, you're going to gain weight just by, by simple mathematics. All right? As far as things to take to school, there are some things that you can keep all day that don't, well, at least, what, till lunchtime, which is going to be around 12. And if you leave mm-hmm. home, getting to school, you know, you should be four hours. You put a little... Cool pack in there that is. Oh, I think we just lost Dr. Reed. Um, hopefully, we can get him back in in a second here. Uh, man, he, he brought us some very interesting points, guys. Yeah, most definitely. I'm taking notes over here. I mean, if, if anyone's out there, you know, you're listening to uh, Dr. Jamie Reed, um, Nick, give his title again, if you recall. That's pretty I'm long. Sorry. Say that one more time. Did you give his title again? It was pretty long. I'll say I'll just letting everybody know who we it, were talking it, it, to. It's very it's very long. I'll put it in the description. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but are we are talking about But he's a doctor of health and wellness, about, nutrition and chiropractic. Oh yes. We're and we're also talking about, you know, the effects are are you really what you eat, you know, um some of the things we consume. Um, is it really hurting us? Is it helping us? Um he's just breaking down how, you know, some of the man, that the whole thing with the corn and the sugars, man, and the misdiagnosed. I mean, a lot of kids are getting thrown on that 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 hypeness of, of being hyper kids. They they are, and I think that we're you know over drugging our children because you know what I found the most interesting was that what he said that you know because a lot of kids now everyone's ADHD. You know they throw that term around so loosely. You know um, and and will slap your children on Ritalin and all other types of medication, but you know. It, you know, we don't try other choices. We just believe what people right. say so they can sell us a drug. And then also, you know, with the clip that uh, Kevin played earlier about how the lady was saying that, you know, she was saving more money going to a fast food restaurant than actually going to a grocery store, buying more organic food and spending more money during the week. That's money that she didn't have. And that's something that a lot of people deal with every day. They look at, well, I can save $20 by spending $10 on, on myself, my husband, and my kids by going to McDonald's and eating off the dollar menu versus spending $30 at, at the grocery store on one meal that we are probably going to eat half of for that one particular night. You know, that's something to look at. Well, you know what, man? Um, we have another clip, and I think we're going to get the doc back in. Uh, we're going to get Dr. Reed back in. 
uh, right here, this is one, just basically what you guys are talking about as far as it's easier to buy fast food than it is to buy healthier food. Y'all check this out. For many, Ameri- for many Americans, economic times have never been worse. But for fast food companies, they've never been better. While one in eight Americans rely on food stamps, the stocks of Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and McDonald's are at all-time highs. For consumers, stretching their recession dollars to buy healthy food has been tough. Especially when chains like Little Caesars offer a large pizza for only five bucks. Or the McDonald's McDouble, their double cheeseburger goes for just a dollar. Your mother gives you five dollars. You want to make that stretch, you understand? You're going to McDonald's, you're getting a McDouble, and you're getting you some fries. And then you're going to go to the store and get you something to drink. That way you still have at least a dollar to maybe buy you some chips a little later. Growing up, I had home economics in school, and so they taught you what a healthy plate looked like. You had a starch, a protein, a vegetable, and I think that's the information that children don't have. And because they see in their environment unhealthy food and they see it cheaper, it's being consumed by everybody, they don't think about an alternative. But if you gave them the education, maybe they would have the information to make the alternative choice, the healthier choice. And that was a clip right there. You know, she was basically saying some of the things we said earlier. If you're given the opportunity to make a healthier choice, you would make that healthier choice, just like we were talking before the show, uh, whereas some people, you know, in their neighborhoods, they do not have traditional grocery stores. They have right. liquor stores. They have corner stores. Um, I mean, in the South, we're, we're somewhat lucky because, you know they're not going to put up neighborhoods without grocery stores down here because we're so somewhat rural, even though we're city. There's still rural areas. Like even in the city of mm. Atlanta, you can't go in the city of Atlanta and not find a traditional grocery store. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. you have situations where people only have fast food restaurants. Uh, like she was saying, the $5 pieces from Little Caesar. All these things are not healthy. Why do y'all yeah, but, but a lot of like, a lot of people they're not making these choices because they they want to. It's just because that's what's best economically for their family. That's right. If you had to that's feed right. all your kids, you know, it's not because people are making these choices on purpose. You know, if I could afford to go to Publix, or if you had if you had three or four kids and you're a single mom, can you shop at Publix? Can you go buy those, those all those, you know, nice, wonderful fruits and vegetables and stuff like that? Or would you rather, you know, you've got to pay for this, gas, this, this, and that? If you got to cut back, unfortunately, that's one of the first places that, that your budget gets cut, which is unfortunate. Yeah. There was a study done um, by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention saying that blacks are 51% higher obesity or at a 51% higher obesity rate than than whites. And Latinos are at a um, 21% higher obesity rate than white people. Okay, I mean, then we, we have Dr. Reed okay. back on the line. We're going to go ahead and bring him back in, okay? Okay. All right, Dr. Reed, you're back live with us. Sorry about that right there. Dr. Reed. Hello? Hello? I don't think that's him, Kevin. That's him. That's him. Dr. Reed. Okay. Caller 803, is this Dr. Reed? No, this is Thomas. Okay, sorry, Thomas. (laughs) 
Oh, well, while we wait on Dr. Reed, um, you, you know, this last year um, when Michelle Obama has had a campaign, you know, to try to attack obesity, you know, with children and um, her Less Move campaign, but, you know, unfortunately it hasn't been embraced like largely by the public You know when um, a lot of first ladies Or, or people in office have You know um, uh, what was her name uh, President Reagan's wife When she had the let's say no It was embraced by the masses You know with the, the war on drugs You know just say no But you know Michelle Obama have has this Let's move campaign And you don't see that across the board Where you have all these advertisements And Fast food companies and people getting involved, you know, you know, with her fight against childhood obesity. Well, you know, there are a couple of programs. Um, I ran across one uh, that's in New York City that they have um, basically to get the kids up and moving and about, you know, as far as making sure they stay healthy. And it's called Hip Hop Heels, and it's healthy eating and living in schools. And basically, what they're what they're trying to go with is is, is getting these kids understanding the proper way to uh, put together salads and different uh, items, and and try to introduce their parents into the same mind thought process instead of, hey mom, I want to go up to McDonald's today, and I want to get McDonald's because y'all know a lot of kids. That's the, my kids even did it and still do it. They want to go to McDonald's first, and y'all know me. I am one of the ones that will. I will cook. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to try to put together something as healthy as I can, but I would love to hear from um, Dr. Reed again because there are certain things I know that we're not taught in our communities, uh, proper uh, portions and, and and additives that we can add to our food that would make it healthy for us to consume instead of just consuming all these products like you were saying with the MSG. That's scary. Right. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very scary. And it makes you want to reevaluate your whole refrigerator and your cabinet in there just to look on the side of the box and see if it got MSG in it. It or does. Google and, and see if it got MSG in it, man. It's, it's, it's scary. And, and when people do not think that these companies do not target people, you know, please don't think that that's not true or if it's a myth because I've seen it for my own eyes. I, you know, used to work mm-hmm. for a food manufacturing company. I, you know, have witnessed, I have been in a meeting where they had produced a new lard, and they had a map of America, and they had highly um, uh, populated African-American and Latino communities, you know, like dotted out on this map where this is where they were going to push the lard, 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 people didn't eat lard, I didn't think people even ate lard anymore, where they were going to push lard on these communities, and and it's still, but, you know, a lot of times the the companies that they sold it for, where you you don't know that it's going in your food. I see we have a caller. All right, uh, Thomas, you are live with the middleman. You have a comment or a question? Yeah, I actually have a little bit of expertise in this area. I was a, a agribusiness major at South Carolina State University. Okay. And and so you know we were South Carolina State University is a land grant institution. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when they were established, some of these HBCUs when they established, the whole idea was to you know help promote research by way of you know, agricultural development in, in rural communities and, you know, teach them about, you know, the business side of agriculture. Now, one of the things that a lot of people may may not realize, the food pyramid, the food pyramid that was developed back in the 50s, if you follow that food pyramid, it's the same components as pig slop. And, in mm. fact, it would make you diabetic. So to kind of mm. add on to what the doctor 
on the good doctor was saying he's absolutely correct. A lot. I mean, one of the biggest things, you know, being I have, I'm from New York, but I got family in the South. Is mm-hmm. culturally the way people were raised to eat down in South Carolina, they still eat things like hog bar and, and fat back and <laughs> chitlins and stuff that you, you know. And so my yeah. family, they, they think I'm kind of I'm kind of weird because I don't eat red meat or pork. I don't eat a lot of meat, period. Okay. And it's because I know what they do. You know, I always know there's a book that came back out back in the 20s and 30s by Roger Kipling, and it was about basically how, you know, food manufacturing, how they rinse the, the, the meat and stuff, like the processed meats, put it through borax, and then it have all kinds of droppings. It's like we, we got to get more into the natural foods. Now, to the argument that someone made about was well, cheaper to feed their family with processed food it's the biggest lie. It's kinda of like the same thing as saying that, you know, you know, getting buying things that are bad for your your house that are basically they might be cheaper but they're of lower quality. Right. They're gonna be cheaper long run is just not accurate. I mean, if anything, you're getting more per ounce. You know, if you take for instance you go to the farmers market and you go buy stuff at if you go to the farmers market, in a lot of cases you actually they'll negotiate with you. Oh, Whereas yeah. if you go to oh, yeah. if you go to yeah. like to the farmers market here in Charlotte where I'm at, if you go and you establish a relationship with them and you buy things in bulk, you can save a ton of money and they'll and they'll remember you, especially like the Hispanic farmers, those you know, the people that sell stuff, you can go out there and if you spend a certain amount of money with them, they'll give you a little bit more. So, you know, you can't go to Harris Peter or one of these, you know, chain grocery stores expecting to give you anything other than it's on a coupon. So, I mean, if you know how to shop, I mean, we know how to shop for everything else, and then we really yeah, don't sure. know how to do that because we get, we get taken because if you go to the inner city, like in the Bronx or Fordham Road, you know, that's where one of the shopping districts, you go downtown to Manhattan, it's like 20% less for the same item. So we really don't even know how to do that really well. So well, really, Thomas, I, I want I, to sure. ask you a question, brother. You, mm-hmm. you, you lived in New York for quite a while, right? Mm-hmm. All right. How do you, I mean, just like with the bodegas and all the other little stores you have in your area, <laughs> How do you how, how do you survive without the traditional grocery stores? How do how do they I mean, do you have to travel miles at a time or no, no. or just people mm-hmm. just to, susceptible to no. eat junk food all no, the No, actually this is this is what happens in the city, right? For instance, and I'm pretty sure like in areas like Chicago and Detroit they got it's very similar, but like in New York you, like for instance I grew up on hundred and sixty third and Trinity Avenue, right? Which is not far from like Yankee Stadium, it's on the other side of town from Yankee Stadium, right? Now mm-hmm. Further down on Brooklyn Boulevard, they had a, a fresh fruit and vegetable stand. They have supermarkets, like smaller supermarkets that are not national chains. And those, unfortunately, those supermarkets are a lot more expensive. Their rationale in some of those cases in those supermarkets that are local to your neighborhood, they charge higher prices because of shrinkage. So they always anticipate there's going to be, you know, theft and, and other stuff. And so they give you very low-quality stuff at high prices. What we used to do, my mother, she used to send me, she used to give me, because I actually used to do food shopping in the house. Mm-hmm. So she'd give me the money, and then I would go either probably about six blocks away where all the Jews were at, and I'd go over there. There's a, there was wow. a big, you know, place where they had, it was like a, almost like a warehouse, and I used to get stuff for real cheap there. I would go to Wallbound, which was a Jewish supermarket. I used to go to Wallbound, I used to walk probably eight blocks, and I'd go over there, and I'd give me like $100, i get coupons, and I did all the shopping. So that you you will have to travel a little bit further out to the neighborhood. We used to come away with more food. And my father, at one point, he used to drive us all the way to New Jersey. We used wow. to go to shop right in New Jersey. He'd get his gas. My father, to this day, he still gets his gas in New Jersey. He'd get gas in New Jersey because he's right there 
by the Major Deegan and the George Washington Bridge, he could get gas like 30 cents a gallon cheaper in New Jersey, just going probably about five miles over. Wow. You know what I mean? So he goes, he goes and buys his food over in New Jersey, and he does his um, gas and all stuff. So it's just, in, in you know, just areas, things to In the areas that so you yeah. shopped in, as far as with the Jewish, and I'll call it 601, we're going to come to you. Um, mm-hmm. In the areas that you shopped in that were Jewish areas, was the food healthier, or did they have more better quality food? Or what, what was that? It was better quality food, and it wasn't just to be clear. It wasn't necessarily that it was a strictly Jewish area. It's just that the, the Jews had business interests there, so some of them they may have even lived not far away from the area, but you still had access. Like the store that we talked about, Wallbounds, was right across the street from the Bronx County Courthouse. So you had, you know, you had a lot of Caucasians that was over there. It wasn't just blacks and Hispanics. There was a lot of Caucasians that even lived not far away from there, maybe a couple blocks up or whatever. So. You know, that's that's what you had to do. You had to know where to go. You know, just hmm. like shopping. Like we, I never shopped like in 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 the, in the immediate urban area for clothes. I would go down to Lower Manhattan because you can get the same stuff for twenty, thirty percent less. Right. And they'll probably negotiate with you. Man, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy right there. Sounds someone like down here. But uh, Thomas, man, we appreciate you for your comment. If you want to make another comment, just press that number one. We're gonna go ahead and go to the next call. Okay. All right. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Caller 601, you're live with the middleman. What's up? Hello, middleman. Hello, Jen. How are Hello. you? Hello. What's going on, Chuck? You all Hello. have a very, very, very important uh, topic uh, today, uh, talking about food, because food is extremely important. Diet is extremely important. Uh, I, I want to bring uh, something up to you guys in terms of food, because I have friends who are, uh, of vegetarians and whatnot, and uh, I think what the brother said is correct. That the diet that we do have is definitely uh, hurting us. It is causing a large uh, percentage of diabetes among our people. But I want to talk about a corporation and corporate uh, food because I think it's very important that you understand that the food that is winding up in our the uh, community is not by accident, as uh, Jen pointed out. It's by design. Uh, uh-huh. And now they're getting even more and more uh, vicious. You've got companies like Montesanto who understand that people are getting a, li- a little hipper to uh, the processed food and how dangerous it is, and people are actually trying to grow their own vegetables. So you got companies like Montesanto who are creating these genetically uh, engineered uh, vegetables or plant foods that will bear fruit once, and then the seeds will be barren. Yeah. And in some foreign countries, they're actually making it illegal for you to save seeds. And in other countries, they're making it illegal for you to grow large quantities of vegetables uh, with these non uh, you know, with these non-genetically engineered uh, vegetables. Uh, it's wow. illegal for you to disseminate these seeds. Montesanto wow. has been very, very, very instrumental in this movement. You know what, Charlie? That I mean, I've read the same thing before. I've heard about that. And, I mean, where can you go find fruits that have not been altered or genetically altered or tainted? You know, because I'm well, looking you, at... You, where you gotta go? What you try to do, what you try to do is you go to uh, these organic um, uh, 
vegetable growers, like the brother said, try to find farmers who are selling their wares, you know, in uh, farmers' co-ops, farmers' markets, and you just ask them. Some of them you can ask. But the best way to kind of know is if you got the seeds uh, going down south right now, one of the things that we do down south is, you know, we sell, we save seeds. You yeah, know, that's we true. still have farmers who do it the old-fashioned way. Um, yeah. So those of us down south, we may be a little bit luckier and a little bit uh, better off than some of the brothers and sisters up north and out west or even in the Midwest. But there is a movement. Awareness is growing, uh, and more and more people are beginning to insist on having non-genetically engineered uh, vegetables. You can actually demand that in your grocery store. You can ask for that. Right. Um, you can ask for grocers to buy produce from locally grown farmers, uh, co-ops and whatnot. So there are ways that it can be combated, but part of the thing is having an awareness of what it is. You know what, one thing too, Charlie, with that, I, I've heard that even the, the, the seeds that have been genetically altered, that they can make you barren as far as having children because a seedless yeah. is the fruit. I, I've heard that also. Fruit. I've heard that also. Yeah, the, same so I mean, way, uh, the, the same way, you know, if you're looking at, like, say, for instance, some of the meats that we're eating, particularly chicken, uh, poultry products, uh, have been uh, enhanced with a lot of growth hormones so that the chickens will grow faster, which, mm -hmm. uh, which also explains why you're seeing uh, our adolescent women, our, our young ladies, developing faster than they should, uh, our young men developing faster than they should. Uh, but at the same time, that development doesn't stop because you keep eating the food. So what happens is over a period of time, when your body starts, your metabolism starts to slow down, instead of developing the way you normally, you start getting fat. Right. You know, so basically this, this is basically, uh, in a sense, it's genocide. I mean, I, I hate to use, I, I, people keep saying, Charlie, you're, you're grassy knoller. Charlie, you're, you're paranoid. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's not really about that, but it is. If I am a corporation and I place uh, profits before people, if I target specific ethnic groups, for a product that I know that my research has shown that in the long run it's going to hurt someone, mm -hmm. um, what other way can you decide? You you you, you uh, describe what I'm doing. Speaking That's of that, Charlie, man, I mean, just like what you were saying about our young girls out here, that it's amazing to me when you look at some of these young girls, you cannot decipher and tell that they're at a particular age now because you you can see a 13 year old girl. And she looks like she's every bit of 25. But, uh, agreed. Uh, uh, but the thing is, the most important thing is, her mind is not 25. That's true. That's true. You, you see you what I'm saying? Uh, so yep. what's going on is, uh, again, that's genocide. That's probably contributing to uh, a large reason why some of these young females are having sexual intercourse at an early age. Uh, why teen pregnancy is going up in our community. Um, again, we, we talk about the various diseases like 
diabetes and whatnot. You're seeing even now you're seeing all uh, children become obese. Oh yeah. Now, also, most importantly, this is very important. Now, when we're talking about food, uh, if you are a, fa- a, fa- a friend of mine on Facebook, you'll notice that I post a, a piece that says that fast food restaurants, particularly uh, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC, eateries that are normally in the black community, heavily in the black community are now petitioning the federal government so that they can take uh, EBT, uh, food stamps, and whatnot, (laughs) so that they can actually offer cooked fast food and get paid from the government. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the implications of that, yes. Uh, We just want to let everybody know that's on the line. We want to thank you again for for calling in, and the show is still going on. Everybody that's over on the web, Cheshire Boogie, uh, Grown Game, and they're all our, um, our guests that are tuning in today. Uh, our man Grown Game over here, he had a very interesting comment. He was talking about the conditioning of media, and he was saying how it's teaching the young black girls to become, quote-unquote, thick because it's the yep. only way to be attractive. And that, that's right. something to think about that. You know, booty, y'all think about booty it. Booty and breast. Booty and breast. I mean, that's what they put out there. Booty and breast. Poor R. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> hey, Charlie, we want you to hold on. We want to bring our man Thomas back in, and uh, I think Thomas has a comment. Yes, sir. Oh, Thomas, Hello. you're live again. Yeah. I, yeah, what he was talking about, um, Charlie was talking about is the Codex Alimentarius. Um, the Codex Alimentarius is a document that was adopted by the World Health Organization, and um, mm-hmm. they're basically, it, 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 what they try to do is a very complex, it's like a 1,200-page document, but really what they try to make it look like is, like, you know, they're setting standards, you know, internationally for food. But what it really is is, is, is basically it's twisting words, and basically if you really strip it all down, it makes it, it makes the case that, you know, anything that is of human benefit, you know, as, as far as natural food, they're trying to regulate it out. And kind of what he was talking about, if you, if you really think logically about it all, okay, the way capitalism works, quote-unquote, you have to have a class of people who are always at the bottom to support every part of that system. So whether it be the people who are the least educated, the sickest people, the poorest people, in order for everyone else to live the lifestyle that they have, you have to have certain class of people or race of people to be at the bottom and that's what this really is all about because that's true. if you look at the fact that one you know during the debate the Republican debate the question came up Brian Williams asked the question of course he got no response from Rick Perry he said what are we going to do about the fact that black families have a median net worth that's one one twentieth of a white family so that means for you know, let's say, for instance, the, the, the median, I think the last time I looked at the median net worth of white families in this country was well over $100,000. The net worth for a family, black families, about 5000 That's including the real estate. And if you're in an area like in D.C., where, you know, you have phantom real estate values, where, you know, real estate values went down because you're in PG County, so supposedly the richest black county in the United States, and most of the money is tied up in real estate, they really don't have anything. They probably have less than 10,000 liquid assets after the, the, the bubble happened in 2008. 
So, I mean, there's systemically, there's things that are in place that, you know, in order for you to have a, a capitalist society to work, quote unquote, there's redistribution of wealth. So, you know, whether it be from the fact that we make up a large proportion of the prison industry, you know, without the prison industry, you wouldn't have parole officers, you wouldn't have defense attorneys, public, you know, attorneys, you wouldn't have the amount of judges. So we always, we're basically the same slaves that we were from 100 years ago, but we don't like to say that, but it really is. That's so, true. So true. Um, we have also a uh, grown game over here on the web chat. He was saying that he was noticing, and he's speaking about single people, uh, single parents more so, um, that they're out more so often eating with their kids and not cooking at home. What do you guys think about that? Because it's like we're so hectic with our, our jobs and our lives that we're not taking the time to, you know, cook and, and make sure we're eating the proper meals at home. That's it right there. Go ahead, Well, well I was going to say, what I was going to say is that I think that um, the doctor said it, but, like, it's a lot of things, not just with food, but, you know, we're talking about food today, that we need to reevaluate in our community what we put importance on. Like, you know, what we put in our mouths, our health, you know, it's, our survival as a people depends on it. And, you know, if we want to be healthy and strong and, and to progress, you know, in the future, we're going to have to learn how to make, you know, better food choices. And, and you know, a lot of times I know we put it last on the list, but we're just going to have to reevaluate what's important. That's true. Man, that's so true. The phone lines are open, y'all. If you're out there listening or via the web, the number is 718-508-9972. Uh, we appreciate, once again, everybody that's on the web chat, Charlie and Thomas. Y'all guys are dropping some great knowledge right here. Uh, one thing in the search of this right here, you are what you eat, and one thing that we talked about a little bit earlier is liquids. Um, I know we talked about the sugar content that are in the liquids, but Jen brought up something about minorities and bottled water. We think it's safe for y'all. Why are we drinking glorified tap water. <laughs> the bottle what do y'all think about the glorified tap water? That's <laughs> really what it is. The bottle's pretty. The prettier the bottle, the better off we are. That's how we look at it. That's crazy, the truth man. Of it. It's, it's people look at it like fatter. It's the same water. It's the, it's, it's the same water. But we look at we look at it, you know, we see the commercial. We're victims of advertising. Quite honestly, we, we truly are. I, and I then, learned that from media training years ago. We are victims of advertising. The more we see something, and, and the more people, we want it. It can be the very same thing that is coming out of our faucet, but it's in a pretty bottle. And there has been no proof that bottled water is any more healthier than tap water. There, there's no proof to that. It, it's just a mental thing. It's, it's, it's really, really sad. Um, you know, I hope we go ahead and post the article on our site, but I know we're saying that um, I think that um, African American and Hispanics spend twenty dollars a month on bottled water, versus um, Caucasians who shell out about twelve dollars a month on bottled water. If you're spending twenty dollars a month on bottled water, that means you're cutting back on something important. Drink your tap water that you're already paying for, and that way you can squeeze in some more healthy fruits and vegetables in your um, pantry. Matter of fact, if you just okay, spend can, can I ask you a question? Uh, I want to ask you a question about that particular uh, stat. Do you Go think ahead. that the white folks are spending less money because it's cheaper 
where the bottled water is cheaper where they are just opposed to people who live in urban environments, uh, the water costs more? Well, let me say let me say something and, and actually direct answer to that. I can remember doing a grand opening for Academy Sports in Madonna, Georgia. Uh, predominantly, I was in a predominantly white area, and one of the big sales that they had going on is they had the cases of water, a 12 case, for 1.99. And so now the, the couple of black people that came in, they were they were buying it up quick. And don't get me wrong, there were white people too. But I remember this older white couple. They came in and um, they told the lady, you know, hey, we have bottled water for uh, 1.99. She was like, that's too expensive. And they were like, you can get that cheaper somewhere else. She was like, yeah. Out of my faucet. Mm. Wow. I mean, it was cheaper. I mean, if you spend it twenty dollars a month, you might as well just save that money and just buy your filter. If you that paranoid Thank about you. what's in the water system, just buy yep. a filter and add it onto your water system. And a lot and of a lot of people do have filters in their house, and you know, and they invest in that, and that's another way they're drinking the tap water. Is they just have that filter on their faucet. But, wow. but like you I, said, I that, that extra money could be put towards some healthier food choices in your refrigerator. Well, not, well, not only that, you know, and, and you know we have a bad habit, and I know some of y'all are going to know who I'm talking about and what I'm talking about, not anybody in particular. But how many people you know will get those bottles and reuse them, and they don't realize the bacteria that's in those bottles yeah. once they reuse yeah. them? Yeah, yeah. So we're not really helping ourselves out either way it goes. We're making a bottle company somewhere rich at the end of the day. Because <laughs> either way it goes, fluorine, fluoride, whatever you want to call it, it's in the water, period. Like I told Al, they're just running these, this water over um, some dirty socks somewhere. Right. <laughs> and what I see a lot of Hispanic people go to Walmart and get the big jugs, but you're drinking Walmart tap water. You know, you can fill it up the water fat. Like you, you're paying for Walmart tap water that comes straight out of Walmart's tap. I, I don't understand that. It's not like a special thing. Mm. It's well, trendy. It's like, attractive, and we are a capitalistic society based on trends. Right. But, but like what 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 uh, Jim was saying, like how when we were, like well, if if we were to go to Mexico, they always tell us don't drink their water. They're thinking the same thing. Don't drink our water. So that's probably why they buying all this. No, water. you can drink some water in Mexico. Yeah. You about to now? They'll tell us. They'll say don't drink the milk in America. That, that water. You go to Mexico, drink that water. You want to see what happens. You got a better chance. Hey, uh, with with the water. <laughs> Over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a but case that, of public permanent stomach bubbles. That mad cow disease. <laughs> wow, y'all crazy. <laughs> but Charlie and Thomas, man, we do appreciate your comments. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break right here. Once we come back, we're going to go ahead and wrap up wrap up the show, uh, give a couple of solutions. If you guys have any solutions out there on the phone lines or on the web, please dial 718-508-9972. We are still live. This is the Middleman Talk Show. Uh, we appreciate appreciate everybody uh, for listening. Man, I'm having a hard time today. Uh, we appreciate know, everybody man. for listening to the show. Huh? Your transmission is slipping. I see. I, I'm, I'm over here just doing it bad. But, uh, man, let's let's take this quick break right here. I have a record that I want to play, y'all. Another record. Uh-oh. Uh, y'all check this one out right here. This is from one of my favorite groups right here. Dead Prius. Check it out.
two cups of fruit, two and a half cups of vegetables, and three cups of a fat-free or low-fat dairy. But, you know, earlier the doctor said maybe we should think twice about those dairy choices. Um, you know, instead of getting your white flour, um, I know, you know, like your lily white and stuff like that, try whole wheat flour. Like cooking with whole wheat flour instead. It really, you know, it's really not that big of a deal, guys. No, it's just, a, it's a mental thing. You know, instead of, you know, croissants or biscuits or white bread and rolls, you know, try low-fat whole grain breads or like whole grain rolls, wheat, rye, pumpernickel bread. It's really good. I like pumpernickel bread. Um, instead of fried tortillas, try soft tortillas. Don't fry it in like oil because, you know, like the doctor said, like corn oil or, you know, vegetable oil that's really not good for you. Um, instead of just using regular pasta for your spaghetti, try a whole wheat pasta. Instead of your white rice, you know, try some brown rice. You know, it's just that we have to learn how to just restructuring our, our food. That's true. I think I need to definitely change my eating habits. Um, I would love to get me a workout partner down this way <laughs> when we finally get out there. Uh, I mean, I think that's one important thing, too, to have a good workout partner. Um, like I said, with, with, along with dieting and, and getting the proper nutrition uh, from your food as far as baked. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think some baked foods are not good for you. I think a lot of times you have to be careful of certain foods. I know a lot of our friends, they stay away from pork. Um uh, I haven't got there yet. I'm working on it. Uh, matter of uh, fact, I'm going to bring Charlie. I'm Charlie with my good friend. A lot of this right here. get real active. I know. With those new neighbors you got Charlie. chasing them around. Charlie. <laughs> yes. What are some of the things you do to stay healthy as far as some of the foods that, you know, you try to eat to keep yourself in, in order? Well, I, I don't eat pork, period. Uh, I got to get away from that. I, and no uh, red meat. Rent. Huh? No red meat. I forgot to say that. Cut red meat out. You're going yeah, too far. I'm fine. I'm working on. I'm working on red meat. I'm working on red meat. I do eat wheat spaghetti. I do eat brown rice. I eat uh, uh, wheat bread. Uh, I try to limit sugar. White sugar is a drug. It will kill you. Uh, and I know because I'm addicted to white sugar. That's one of the things that I'm addicted to. I, I like sweet, uh, but I do try to limit that. Uh, I try to eat vegetables. Uh, I try to eat salad. The thing about black folk and, and people in general, when we eat salad, we go to a restaurant. If you notice, the salad that they serve is uh, iceberg lettuce. Yeah, iceberg, iceberg yeah. lettuce is not good for you. It's it's, it's nice. I mean, it's, it's got water in it, so I guess yeah, the water is good for you, but it's really not good for you. You try to get, you know, a romaine. The greener the 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 the, the, the vegetable in the salad, the better for you. Or spinach. So, uh, I, I love spinach salad. If anybody ever had spinach salad, it's really good. Oh yeah, if spinach is good. I like spinach too. I I, I eat my my uh, my wife buys this salad, and it, when she first bought it, it turned me off because stuff looks like leaves, literally. Yeah, looks like you're eating leaves. Literally, uh, but I've gotten used to it. It's a really good salad. It's very, 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 very nutritious. Um, you know, since I'm turning fifty now, I, uh, you know, I try to watch what I eat, uh, the fast food. Um, 
even though I still love a good, uh, you know, a good burger, I now eat turkey burgers. Yay, Kevin! Ha ha! In your face. Y'all better be careful, I'm telling you, uh, Kevin. Kevin, <laughs> listen. listen that I hear the burger. The the burger joint that I go to that I've been telling you about. They oh yeah. Do turkey burgers. Tell about it, Charlie. Tell them about it. They do turkey I mean, burgers, and I guarantee you. I can't give up everything all quick, man. Y'all got to work if for you me. Live, got, if look, you live look. in L.A., if you live in California, go to Fat Burger, get a turkey burger. They had, like, one of the best turkey burgers I've ever had in my life. So good. And, like, if you're out here, Ruby Tuesdays has a really good turkey burger also. Yeah, almost everybody is now offering turkey burgers uh, because you know, know, they know turkey burger and a veggie burger, too. Yeah, yeah they veggie offer veggie burgers. Are good too. Yeah, I've actually had um, it's a mushroom burger, a portobello uh, burger. I've actually yeah. had one. And it took me. It's not bad, but it, it's kind of you got to get used to it. I don't but like that. I will not conform. You don't like oh, mushrooms are good for you. They help you with your digestion. I love mushrooms, but you know. I, 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 um, I like mushrooms on top of my cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. my, my problem is I need to drink more water. That's something I really, really need to work on. Uh, for some reason, I don't get thirsty, so I, don't, I, I drink water when I get thirsty, but I, I have to practically force myself to drink water. And uh, what I'm trying to yeah, do I now is, I, you know, I'm one of those bottled water drinkers. Uh, you know, I'll try to get a liter of uh, Dasani, and I'll try to drink that during the day, and then I'll drink some water at night. Um, that's most important. If black folks and people in general don't realize how much drinking water can improve your health, can even improve your thinking. Uh, I remember one time uh, my daughter, she, she kept complaining of a headache, and uh, we took her to the doctor and turned out she was dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the doctors, and I was like, dehydrated? That'll cause a headache. And he said, sure will. What do you What do you think your brain is set in? A liquid. Well, you know what, Charlotte? Um, man, we appreciate you for sharing some of those um, some of those solutions and some of those things we can also look at for ourselves uh, to try to stay healthy. Um, then, you know, one thing I want to touch on before we get out of here today: there's a program in New York City. It's called Hip Hop Hills. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, it was started I'm by familiar with it. Yeah, I'm familiar yeah, with Lauren it. Collin in 2006. And Chuck D, uh, he actually did some work with them. And uh, I want to play this record right here. This is for everybody that's listening. If you have a kid, uh, if you don't have them around you right now, make sure you go back and download this show and let them hear this record. It was uh, It's a record that's just basically telling kids the proper way to look at food, certain things they need to eat, certain things they need to stay away from, and certain things that may be a little okay to uh, eat. It's called, uh, oh, my God, it's Stop, Go, or something like Well, forget about it. I'm just going to play this record right here. Y'all check this out. And if your kids are around, go ahead and bring them in the room and let them listen to this record right here. You all listening to the Middleman Talk Show on Blog Talk Radio. Here we go right here. Y'all check this out. Hip-Hop Eos. Go, 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 go
loose for you. Full of sugar and fats and all that butter and cream, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Don't try it, try it. Skip that junk food diet. All that butter is bad and you can't deny it. You might go wild every once in a while, but whoa, don't make it your style. Bring it back now. Talk Radio. 
What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. Chris Brown cleared of 95 parking tickets. Los Angeles officials have ruled that the singer only has to pay a fraction of $15,000 in parking citations. Brown's lawyer stated last month that West Hollywood officials were forced to dismiss more than $15,000 in parking citations his client was issued for parking in handicapped spots. He goes on to explain that the handicapped parking spots at Brown's former condominium complex were assigned to him. The developer of the building had mistakenly marked his spaces as handicapped and therefore his lawyer petitioned for the tickets to be dropped. However, the battle isn't won quite yet. While 95 tickets have been dismissed, 22 parking-related citations still remain open. Well, do. Look like we got us the winner of the lucky nigga of the year award. They must think the sun shine out your ass. They must think you Sidney Smith of 48. A 24-year-old woman charged with raping her 10-month-old son and sharing the videotaped assault with her boyfriend is being held behind bars tonight on a $1 million bond. Ashley Jessup of Dublin, a city about 20 miles northwest of Columbus, was arrested on August 31st on two counts of rape of a child under 13 years old, one count of endangering children, and one count of pandering sexually oriented matter involving a minor. She allegedly performed sexual acts on the baby, which she videotaped and emailed to a boyfriend in Battle Creek, Michigan. They were sending sexually explicit material back and forth to each other, an officer told the Huffington Post. She then, at his suggestion, in a video of her engaging in sexual conduct with her son along with some other material that was both sexually explicit and unusual. A former girlfriend of the man discovered the video on August 31st and called the Michigan State Police. You know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? Poor white trash. This is your man Nick Eden and this is the talk of the town. You know you're wrong, right? <laughs> Why am I wrong? Why am I wrong? You did wrong. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't see why I'm wrong, sir. I, uh, PWT, I, man. PWT. Oh, my gosh. I just report the news. She did want to play. Look, she, she, I'm sorry. Hannibal needs to talk to her. Look at you. You're nothing more than Paul White trash. Yeah, she, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, we do appreciate everybody for tuning in, sticking it out with us today. Thank you very much. And we would like to thank Dr. Jamie Reed. I did say it right, fellas. Jamie Reed for tuning in with us today and dropping some of the knowledge. Hopefully, we can have a follow-up show of this right here and have him back on the show again. Oh, yeah, Uh, definitely. He's a long-time listener of the middleman and talk to town, so we definitely appreciate all the support. Yes, we do. And we are here.
Hey man, speaking of Chris, you? He got nominated for two awards this year on the BT Hip Hop Awards, Rookie oh, of the wow. Year and Best Collaboration of the Year. Hope he wins. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Yes sir. Yes sir. Shout out to him. Oh, uh, speaking of nominations, if everybody could just support sports for a second and head over to atlshottest.com. I've been nominated for uh, Hottest Male Vocalist. Uh, we actually have a nomination there tomorrow. tomorrow. Today is the last day to vote, so make sure you shoot on over to atlshottest.com and vote your boy, Hottest Male Vocalist, in Atlanta. Also, How my man, Sub-G, is nominated for a mixtape. Oh, it's atlshottest.com. Our man, Sub-G, is also nominated for Best Mixtape DJ, so... Show some support for Team Sip, you know. I'm We're trying to do our time. thing out here in the A, man. How many times can I vote for you? How many email addresses you got? Oh. Uh, <laughs> there we go. All right. We, we'll do that. We'll do that. Matter of fact, they need to be nominating us for something. Why the hell we ain't nominated for that? We the best, as Callie say. Woo! Woo! We the best!
as a matter of fact, you can vote right now. If you go ahead to the Middleman Talk Show page, you can go ahead and vote right now. Don't forget, our man Dub G is voted for Best Mixtape DJ. I'm also voted for Hottest Male Vocalist. So just go ahead and get that voting. Vote or die. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. And I'm out, man. Good night, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.